You want the best for your family. Hawaii Pacific Health has the expertise you and your keiki need. Enjoy convenient, high-quality, coordinated care. To learn more, visit hawaiipacifichealth.org. Aloha and welcome to the Keiki Council podcast. I'm Lacey Denise with Hawaii News Now. And joining me is Dr. Shaylin Chok from Hawaii Pacific Health, our medical consultant on the Keiki Council. We'll be covering each topic from the Keiki Council to help parents and guardians continue the conversation with their Keiki. The Keiki Council, What Makes All of Us Special podcast starts right now. And doctor, our first question for you is, there's a lot of discussion about diversity, equity, and inclusion right now. So this topic is extremely relevant. How do we discuss this with our Keiki and what are they able to understand? Aloha, Lacey. Thanks for having me back again. And wow, out the gate, big question, hard question. (laughs) Okay. So first, let me remind myself of the definitions and some of these terms. Okay, so if we're thinking about diversity, diversity is actually what makes us individuals, right? It includes, and it's not limited to things like age, ethnicity, language, gender. Um, it's, It's kind of all of those things. It's what makes us different. And if you think about it, our world would be so boring if we were all the same, right? So that's diversity. Okay, now then if we're looking at equity, equity is where everyone has what they need. And equity doesn't necessarily mean equal. So there's a really great graphic on the internet where there are three um, people standing and trying to look over the fence. You know, one guy's tall, there's another one who's like medium size, so maybe a teenager. And then there's another one who looks probably like a toddler. Um, now, if we were to give all of them stepping stone, like blocks to stand on, and we distributed those blocks in an equal manner, so say everybody got two blocks each, we still wouldn't be, that little toddler still wouldn't be able to look over that fence, right? And that right. taller adult would still now just have a higher viewpoint of what was over that fence. If we were then to use the um, the theory of equity and we distributed those blocks in a way where everyone could look over the fence, maybe that adult or that tall person wouldn't get any. And maybe the littlest toddler cakey at the end would have eight of the blocks and maybe the one in the middle would have two. But now equity allows them to all to be able to see over that fence. So I think that's kind of like a huge concept to think about. And I always have to remind myself of that. And then inclusion, it's basically supporting um, and embracing our diversity and and all that it has to offer. So it's sort of like including and thinking about all of it, including diversity, thinking about equity and kind of putting it all together. Okay, so those are the definitions. Now, let me me think. The question was, how do we discuss, right? How do we discuss this with the cake? Okay, so I think the first thing is to actually check in with yourself as a parent. Like, where do you stand? What are your ideas and your values around these things, right? It's important that you as a parent get a really clear understanding of yourself so that you can then communicate your values and ask questions and direct that conversation in in a way that you feel comfortable. Um, You also wanna make sure that, that that discussion is coming from a place of kindness and compassion, you know? Make sure that you're not discouraging questions. You know, don't, no question is silly. No question is not smart. Um, Any question is allowed. And 
do your best to answer the questions. If you don't know the answer to the question, be honest and say, you know, I don't know. Let's go figure that out together. Um, I think when you're thinking of like, okay, now what specific question should I ask? I think a good place is to think about your own diversity, right? Mm. Living in, in Hawaii, we all, for the most part, most of us and many of us are of mixed ethnic backgrounds. Yes, we're a so melting think, pot. Right, we are. Um, I like to kind of say we're all mutts, but you know, that's probably not the nicest thing, but <laughs> that's how I see myself, but it's okay. So um, thinking about your own diversity, right? So your diversity as a parent may most likely in Hawaii, just given kind of the way we are such a melting pot and so have so much aloha for each other, there's a good chance that your partner is a different ethnic background. So it's a nice way to say, you know, mommy is part Native Hawaiian and part Chinese and daddy is whatever daddy is, right? What do you guys think of that? What does that mean? So I think it's a real simple, easy kind of way to do it. And then the other cool thing we have in Hawaii is because of all of our ethnic diversity is we get to celebrate and eat all kinds of different things. So talking yes. about, right? <laughs> Celebrations, right? There's Chinese New Year, right? There's regular New Year. There's all- yeah, there's just Hawaiian Luau. Yes, first birthday, right? All of those traditions that we get to experience just being in a place where there's so many cultures, I think is a nice thing to bring up. So the main thing is be open and honest and start communicating with them. Don't be afraid. Jump in. Yeah. Nice. Keeping that, that open communication. Doctor, at what age do Keiki start seeing differences or even understand that concept? Yeah. So the interesting thing is um, researchers have actually been looking at, at this for a little while. I know that this has yeah. been like the biggest thing right now, right? But there actually was a study in 2008 where they looked at babies and, you know, kids of different ages. And they actually found that three month old babies already showed preferences for faces of their own ethnic group. So it really starts early. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of shocking, wow. right? You don't think of a three month old as being able to like sort that stuff yeah. out, but they found that the three month old little one could already, already had a preference for somebody who looked more similar to me, even though they probably don't even know what they look like. So I thought yeah. that was su super fascinating. Um, but developmentally, so anywhere from between three to six months, um, we have actually found that kids actually have a, an appreciation of right, racial differences already. And by two to four years old, there's already some, you know, racial bias that's actually apparent. So they already kind of tend to know or tend to have a sense of, you know, more similar to me or different from me or that or that sort of thing. And then by age 12, they are already pretty much set in their beliefs. So as a parent, you hugely affect their understanding and their acceptance of differences amongst cultures, amongst people, amongst everything. So there isn't an too early time, I would say start now, because they're actually taking in and absorbing and, you know, sorting things out as early as apparently three months. So... And now we're going to move over to a topic that I'm very familiar with. I am allergic to peanuts. It's a very scary thing to have. You know, I'm used to it because I grew up with it. My household is used to it. But 
for those who may not be familiar with it, how do we help parents or guardians have conversations with their keiki about understanding different health allergies and that it's something to be mindful and considerate about? So Lacey, this topic I'm super passionate about. I have a nephew who is literally deathly, like deadly no allergic way. to peanuts. Yeah, it was, we figured it out because my dad had given him a kiss on the cheek when he was tiny, tiny. And oh, there was man. an immediate response or reaction, like rash, redden on the side of the face, down the oh. trunk. So like you, I'm very familiar with this as a family member. And, you know, as a physician, this is something that, you know, we know and talk about. So Lacey, you are amongst the 32 million people in the United States who have food allergies. That's like 10% of our population. Wow. I didn't realize that was how big that number was. It's huge, right? It's huge. So the big thing I think for people to realize is that food allergies can be extreme and can mm -hmm. cause airway swelling and death, right? And food allergies can also be not as extreme, but still, mm -hmm. you know, still uncomfortable, still right, not right. good for your body to be experiencing. Um, allergies are different than intolerance. Right. So how, how you hear some people say, oh, I'm lactose intolerant. That usually means that like I drink the milk and then I feel bloated and maybe have a different like a change in my stool pattern or something of that nature. Allergies are different. And then allergies are not preferences. Like it drives me bonkers when people are like, I'm allergic to that. But then when you figure it out, it's like they just don't like it. Like, no, 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 exactly. No. Yeah, there's a difference. Not, yeah, big difference. Like, don't be crying wolf. Right. Like allergies right. is a serious thing. Right. right. So. Um, you said peanuts, right? That was your right, allergy yes. as well. Yes. Yeah. So peanut allergy is actually the most common food allergy. And it's oh. actually, and it's actually, you gotta be careful. They see the most fatal. Okay. Oh. So yeah. So four to 8% of kids actually have peanut allergies and one to 2% of adults actually have peanut allergies. Mm -hmm. So most common food allergy, but also, you know, the scariest one and most fatal um, soy allergies are actually the most common allergy in kids younger than three. And then wheat allergies are also another one that's kind of high in the top five of allergies. And wheat allergies, you got to understand it's a little bit different and not to be confused with something like celiac disease, where that's like a non-life-threatening wheat allergy. So wheat, so it's peanut, soy, wheat, shellfish, and then milk is listed in there. Um, but oftentimes people thankfully can grow out of their milk allergy, um, but those are the top five. So now knowing this, right, as a family and community member, being mindful and teaching your kids that it's really important to understand when somebody has an allergy, right? As a parent, you know, if you knew that your child had this, wouldn't you want those in your child's space to be able to help you to protect your kid? that's huge. Right. Um, you as a parent being able to teach your child, you have to ask what's in this. You have to ask, you know, when they're really little asking things like, is this safe for me to eat? I'm allergic to peanuts, mm -hmm. right? That's a really important statement that your kid yeah. needs to be able to come out their mouth as quick as possible. Um, and maybe when they're really young saying, you know, these are the people, these are the aunties and the uncles that it's okay to take food from because those are the family members who know, right? Just like you said, they yes. see your family knows. So none of your family members are gonna like feed you something that has peanuts because we're all like mindful and we know it. No, yeah. Yeah. So that's another big thing of to teach the little ones. 
And then kind of as they start kind of growing up or getting older, you know, they get a little bit more savvy as far as if you're the child with the peanut allergy. But if you have a child who doesn't have a food allergy and you want them to be more mindful of other kids who do, start getting them to ask. Like, you know, if you take a snack to school and say your friend is like, oh, you know, or before you share your snack with your friend, you need to ask your friend, do you have any food allergies, mm -hmm. right? And so just getting your child who doesn't have a food allergy to be more aware that this is an issue. Um, and then the interesting thing is with my kids, like, I think I, I was going to have one of my kids' friends over. And one of the questions I had asked the mom before the kid even came over was, does your child have any allergies to any foods or anything else that I should know? Mm -hmm. um, and the mom was really grateful. And she was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for asking. Thankfully, he doesn't have any allergies, but that's an awesome question. I was like, well, if you're going to entrust me with your child for yeah. two hours, I want to make sure that I have all the information that I need to know so that I'm not going to put him in harm's way. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, you know, finding out if you guys are having a play date or, you know, if you're going to be showing up to like a friend's house and bringing food, asking, does anybody in your family have any food allergies? Mm -hmm. And then the big thing is like, you know, when you have those like birthday parties at school or you bring snack, right? Lacey, I'm sure you had times where you didn't get to participate, right? Definitely. Many of yeah. those times. And, you know, I think it's hard as a child to understand that as well. Like, why can't I go and be with the other kids? So it's yeah. a great conversation to have beforehand. Yeah, yeah definitely. So when you're going to take some kind of treat or special treat to your kid's school for a celebration, making sure you check in with the, with your teacher, with the teacher. Does any of the kids have any food allergies? Are there any foods that are sort of off limits? I would say, honestly, as a parent, if you're going to take food someplace, just don't take any kind of peanut butter or anything. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> just leave that out. Probably the safest thing to do. Yeah. Well, can you give us some examples of age-appropriate topics on differences that parents, parents or guardians can have with their kiki? Okay, sure. So you know, since we're talking about diversity, inclusion, and equity, um, and differences, right, is, is how we're describing it to our kids. Preschoolers, I think you can even start at preschool. So preschoolers can understand that there's different ways to get around and move around, right? Babies crawl, older kids walk, and sometimes our kupuna, or sometimes even other kids use wheelchairs. So very simple, very concrete, something that they can see with their eyes. Another thing would be like skin color, right? So just saying within your own family, like this is, look, let's look at our skin. Like this is my skin, this is your skin. What do you think of that? And kind of just talking about it and saying, look, even though our skin is a little bit different, nobody's skin is better. Nobody's skin is, you know, we're, we're, we might be different on the outside, but we're still the same on the inside. You know, kind of talking about all of those things. Um, language is something that little kids can understand because they can hear different languages and say, oh, that's how they talk or that's how they communicate. And we talk in this way. You might even have multiple languages within your family, like maybe grandparents, you know, speak another language. So it's really nice to be able to point those things out, right? Because if you point out, look, grandma speaks this language, we speak this language. Do you love grandma any less or any different? Probably the answer is no. So that's kind of a first sort of step in realizing that even though we have these differences, we all still love with the same heart. We all still have all of the same things inside. Um, 
Then if we're shifting to some older kids, like school age kids, it's at that time is a good time to talk about ethnicity. Um, talking again about food diversity, like we live in Hawaii, food's a big thing. Yes. Um, differences, yeah, right? Differences in um, also learning, right? So it can be as simple as when you're learning something, I notice when you're learning math, you use your fingers to count. And I noticed that she just kind of calculates the math in her head, right? Helping them to understand that kids have different ways of learning and sometimes kids learn at different paces or different mm -hmm. rates. Um, for them to be mindful of that because they might notice that somebody in their class has a learning difference and just being understanding of like, yeah, we all learn in different ways. We all learn at our own time, right? Let's support each other and realize that it's okay. We all get where we need to get when we need to get there basically. Um, and then family structure, school age kids can already understand and see like, wait, that, that my friend has, you know, two moms or my other friend has lives with mom sometimes and lives with dad sometimes. What is that about? So school age is a nice time to start talking about that. Um, and then when you start shifting to the preteen teen time, that's when we start really trying to diversify their media. So meaning thinking specifically about what are they taking in? What kind of TV shows are they watching? What kind of um, podcasts are they listening to? Which they probably aren't, but anyway, making sure that there's a diversity in what you see, like with regards to the superheroes or the villains and you know who's kind of the winners of the story, what you know groups are represented in the stories. So you as a parent helping them to diversify their media and then that, Preteen teen time is also a really good time to start talking about religion, stereotypes, and you can actually include like current events and that sort of thing. It takes a team to keep you and your family healthy. Hawaii Pacific Health draws on the expertise of hundreds of physicians at more than 70 locations throughout Hawaii. To learn more, visit hawaiipacifichealth.org. Well, how do you address the topic of disabilities with Keiki? Yeah, so that's kind of related to the previous question too. So I think of it as we have different abilities, right? So I try to take it from a place of what are we able to do versus what are we not able to do? So I think it's a really simple thing initially to start talking about something that a kid can, can visually see. So for instance, seeing, right? You can start talking to them about someone's different ability to see. I see with, you know, just my eyes. My friend here sees with using glasses. And we know another friend who actually doesn't see and needs to use their hands or other types of devices to help them see, you know, to help them kind of learn and do things. Um, so I think that's kind of a nice and simple, easy way or place to start. Um, and then thinking about, you know, how people communicate differently right? Some, we already talked about some, they speak in different languages. Some people might have a difference in the way they communicate. So maybe they, their speech might be a little different, or maybe they have to use sign language. I think the big thing is just really talking about it openly without any judgment. Um, and just, you know, explaining to them that what are we able to do, right? That's kind of the big thing. And it's not focusing on the negative part or what's necessarily different, but you know, what, what are we able to do and how are we able to do those things? 
And then as a parent, language is super important. So simple things as a parent with regards to language. So it sounds a little nitpicky, but it's actually pretty important. So instead of saying disabled person, saying person with a disability, mm -hmm. right? If it sounds the same, but if you really think about it, by us saying disabled person, we're actually putting that disability up front and then first, but really that human being is a person first. And then they just have this disability, right? Or right. They, they just have this inability to do whatever it is. So putting that person first and then simple things like, which, you know, I didn't think about until really thinking about this, but not saying handicap or disabled parking, right? Because we're like, oh no, don't park in the handicap stall. That's not okay. Right. But what if we just called it don't park in the accessible parking, mm, right? right? Unless you have a placard, right? So that's kind of, I'm, I know it's simple. It just sounds a little bit nitpicky, but if you start being kind of intentional with your language around these types of things, your kids will pick up on it and your kids will probably, you know, be a little bit more sensitive to differences and, and differences in abilities around them. Right. Now this next question, doctor, it's, it can be a little nerve wracking because you don't really have control over it, but is there a way to address topics when Keiki asks a question in a public setting that sometimes may not be the appropriate place or time to be asking that question? Oh my gosh. I totally know what you mean. My kids do this sometimes. <laughs> and the darndest things, <laughs> right? Kids do say the darndest things, but usually those questions are coming from a true place of curiosity and wonderment. Right. Right. And it's not coming from this like negative space. Mm -hmm. So I think that's huge. It's like, I have to tell myself, okay, don't hide, don't crawl under your table when the kid <laughs> just asks something, but more just, you know, kind of graciously talk to your child about, you know, answer the question the best that you can. Right. And then also reminding them that sometimes there are certain questions or things that we talk about in certain places. And most kids realize that when we're talking about like bathroom or potty talk, right? We don't talk about pooping and, you know, those types of things when we're sitting at the dinner table, but you can tell me all about your poop while you're sitting on the toilet or when we're talking about, you know, your tummy and that sort of thing. So I think they do have a concept of like, when is it appropriate time and a place? Um, so that's a nice kind of way to, to frame it, but at the same time, don't hide and don't, don't, shy or don't say don't ask that or you know don't like yell at them and sort of in this like sort of place of like oh my gosh yeah. I would just dress that you can answer the question and then kind of give those suggestions of hey you know we can talk about this more when we get home you know or sometimes if you have if the question was asked to somebody who you think might be more understanding you know just saying to that other parent or person well, you know, thank you so much for helping my child to learn about these things. You know, we're trying to learn about differences and similarities. Thank you so much for helping me teach my child. Because when you come from a place like that, if there is a difference or a, a, a difference in ability that somebody else has, they are usually more than willing to educate you and help you to understand what they're able to do. Um, and I think you kind of just got to feel it out. Um, but whatever you do, don't freak out. Just be calm. Realize that the question comes from a place of curiosity and wonder and learning. <laughs> so, yes. Even though you may want to freak out, just stay calm. 
<laughs> okay, well, doctor, do you have three action items for parents or guardians on addressing the topic of differences? Yes. Okay. So three action items. The first thing I would say is check in with yourself about some of these topics. Um, I think it's easier for us to be able to guide our keiki and support them in them finding their understanding when you have a better understanding yourself. Um, it also allows you to be mindful and realize the language that you're choosing to use and the words that you're choosing to use because kids are really observant and they'll pick up on that. Um, and, you know, you want to be able to set a good example, obviously. So I would say check yourself before you, you know, start talking with them. That would be the first one. Um, and then the second thing is celebrate your own similarities and differences as a family. I think being in Hawaii and we're all so like nicely blended and in this big melting pot, I think we probably have it, I would say one step um, in the easier direction with regards to all of these things, because I think it's just so a part of naturally who we are, right? The whole idea of lucky live, we live Hawaii, um, because it's true, like it's all around us. For the most part, everybody embraces different cultures and aspects of it, right? Um, the snacks, the foods, the celebrations, I think those are all really great things to be able to celebrate your differences and your similarities as a family. And then the third thing, I'm going to hit it home for us, Lacey, is on, is on this whole idea of allergies, right? Yes. I need to keep you safe. I need to keep my nephew safe. Thank so you. Be, yes, definitely. So being mindful and taking care and malamaing your keiki and your community. So checking in, you know, before you show up to an event or someplace, ask, does anybody have any allergies or food concerns? Um, you know, and just being mindful and starting to teach your children to be able to ask those types of questions. And if you have a child that has a food allergy, there's a lot of resources on the internet mm -hmm. as far as how to get them to make sure that they have the right words and terms, because that's huge. They need to be able to, you know, let others know that this is something that's going on for them. Dr. Chalk, thank you so much for your time. We always appreciate uh, speaking with you. And if you want to watch episodes of the Cakey Council, you can find it at hawaiinewsnow.com or on demand on Amazon Fire, Roku, or Apple TV. I'm Lacey Denise with Hawaii News Now.